If nobody turned that one steer the four times you ran that night, you didn't get a turn in. You just didn't get to row. <laughs> Who in the heck loans you $30,000 to go rodeo? What are you talking about? We get done. We're like, this sucks. We're still going to do it. I, I can't stand it. So I just go up to him and I, I am like, is there something wrong with your brain? So we're officially hey, going. Unoffendable. You know, yeah, that that is our that really is our man. The name of the podcast is the Flatbed Podcast, and the reason it's for that is <laughs> Flatbed is like <laughs> so. This is the Flatbed Podcast, as always, brought to you by Classic Ropes. Okay, so the podcast is going to have a little different feel this week. Um, we got to go to the Rope Horse Futurity in Fort Worth and hang out. Generally, what we've had here is like long form conversations. We have people come in the studio and sit down, and we sort of get to all the. The details that you might miss in a quick conversation this week's going to be a little bit of a departure from that um we set up there behind the announcer stand at the judges room and got to hang out as people were coming by and get live updates so there's going to be more podcasts released this week but they're going to be shorter just kind of quick uh maybe like snapshots into what's going on that week and then we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming next week excited to have these coming out excited for you guys to get to hear from people that are kind of right in the middle of it as it's happening so uh, that's what this week's going to be. It's going to feel a little bit different, and then we'll get back to what we were. When you meet Ken Bray, it's so frustrating how normal he is. Um, he talks a little bit about that. For what the Bray family has accomplished, for everything going on under the banner of Equibrand, it's just phenomenal to see what they're able to accomplish, not only in their professional lives, but what they're able to accomplish in their personal lives. Their kids are doing great. They're down to earth. They're just very, very likable people. Um, and so I was glad he stopped by and talked a little bit about what he's seeing with the development of the Rope Horse Futurities. Do not skip. You're about to hear from some people who have partnered with the podcast. We'd love you to hear what they have to say. You guys check out the ropingcalendar.com. There's an app in all of the stores, whether it's Apple, whether you've got an Android, whatever the case may be, search roping calendar. This is the fastest way to find only the information that you're looking for. I know that Arizona can be chaotic. There can be a lot going on. The most comprehensive, up-to-date list of the events that you can find in Arizona are at Roping Calendar. Check it out in the App Store. Check out the website. You can search by date. You can search by location. You can search by event. You can even search by jackpot number. So say you're looking for a specific number of jackpot. You click on that tab. It'll take you only to the flyers that have what you're looking for. RopingCalendar.com is the website. Roping Calendar in the App Store. It is the fastest growing website in Arizona for roping-related events. 300,000 page views in its first winter, over 40,000 unique users. Find what you're looking for at the Roping Calendar. I've got Ken Bray, the legend. Hey, real quick, I didn't tell you I was going to say this. I have noticed this, and I'm curious what your thoughts are. People are almost nervous when they walk up and say hi to you. You know, when they meet you, I mean, you carry, you guys carry such a reputation, and then they meet you and you're so normal. Is that, how, how does somebody in your position... Just, just stay normal. Is that a fair way to say that? <laughs> it's pretty easy because there's there's nothing really remarkable about me. See, you're doing it again. You're no, doing that thing again. I'm serious. I just I'm just a guy like everybody else here. I just fan of the sport and I still clean stalls and do everything else. There's nothing special about me. See there. I'm glad everybody else got to experience it now too. That's exactly that's exactly to know you. It's the same you I've ever, I've, I've met every time, just super normal. And you would expect somebody that has done what you guys have done and accomplished what you guys have accomplished. It's remarkable. So good on you for being able to keep your feet on the ground. Well, I appreciate it, but it's not, it's not even really about me. There's a whole team of people involved in everything that we do. So can't take full credit for anything. So being 
what you do for a living, you probably, I'm guessing, see the world at a 30,000 foot level. You don't just see the nuts and bolts. It's also where is it going? Almost the forecasting that comes with a leadership position. So when you see what's happening with the fraternity this year, what do you see that's happening? Uh, progress. The event gets bigger every year. It gets better every year. The quality of horses gets better. But what's exciting for me to see is the uh, – a more full engagement from the equine community right as team ropers so uh there's a lot more people getting involved in it and the level of horsemanship is getting better yeah you know there's better horses because of this event there's no doubt in my mind people are thinking about breeding horses for team roping and people are planning uh their schedules around fraternity training and looking for their next next prospect and you know, really slowing down the process and trying to make really good horses that look good in a show. Yeah. Well, and I know you remember the days, because I do, where papers really didn't affect the value of a team roping horse. Not at all. Really. I mean, it was like, great, I guess, if so. Did you think that you would see the day where people who have breeding programs are now steering that whole program towards a team roping? I, I did, but I think we're really late to the dance. I mean, I think this could have happened before, but it's, it's, it's really exciting to see that that's because team roping as a community, there's yeah. not a larger group of equine, participation-wise. Right. Right. So the IQ of the team ropers, you know, across the country is pretty high. Right. You know, 150,000 ropers, 60, 70,000 active team ropers, you know, from a community of, of disciplines amongst, you know, across all Western disciplines, you know, nothing's really as big other than barrel racing. So. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's high time that it happened. You know, people are thinking about head horses differently in terms of breeding. Got to have some cow, but you dang sure have to have some run. But yeah. now heel horses too, got to be able to outrun the head rope at, you know, in right, the open right, level. For sure. So they got to have wheels under them as well. So it's, uh, it, it's a lot of fun to see it. It seems like, I'm curious your thoughts, cause I know you train horses too, just all in, you know, in addition to everything else you're doing, but when you're asking a horse to do something at 70%, that's a safer horse than a horse that you're asking to do something at 100% effort. It seems like when a horse has a come apart, it's because you've just maxed out what he's able to physically do. And so by breeding better horses, by having better athletes, you're also creating safer horses. You're creating horses that can go to a wider swath of cowboys or people that are you know older men that are you know maybe lower numbered guys that want to go that eight, nine, and 10. I see it as this is good for everybody that holds a team rope and rope. What's happening here this weekend is benefiting everybody that's gonna team rope regardless of, of do not fast forward. We're going into a couple ads. Since its launch in 2014, the 1017 Project has donated over 1.2 million servings of hamburger. It's a program that raises rope and steers. We have lease cattle, jackpot steers, and we, when we're done with those, they transition into the food banks. We've partnered with over 65 different food banks between Oregon, Arizona, and Texas. Let me tell you how you can be a part of it. This winter in Arizona, if you have a steer that's a ducker or a dragger or breaks a horn, something that would cause him to not be useful as a roping steer, think about donating him to the 1017 Project. You can also find out other ways to be a part of making a difference in the lives of the food insecure families who need our help at 1017project.com. The world is changing at such a rapid pace right now and it's easy to see the role that technology is playing in that. In some ways it's a positive thing and an example of that would be Lone Star Cowboy Church in Montgomery, Texas. 
It's located in Montgomery, Texas, but it is also located anywhere that you've got internet access. And I happen to know firsthand that they take their online campus just as seriously as people who attend in person. They do a great job of reaching out. It is a really easy place to get connected and stay connected, to go deeper in the word, to have a better understanding of what's taught there. Uh, I would recommend check out LoneStar.tv, LoneStar.tv to be a part of Lone Star Cowboy Church in Montgomery, Texas. It is by far the widest reaching cowboy church in the nation. Pastor Randy, Pastor Darla Weaver, near and dear to my hearts. I cannot recommend it enough. Check them out. Regardless of, of classification. Oh, 100%. And, you know, it, it's changing because it's, you know, there is a judged aspect to it. You know, there's time and then there's the judged aspect. So they've got to do everything correct. You know, the caliber of ropers that are here is, you know, remarkable. It's been fun to watch. Yeah. You know, I mean, my goodness, how many good runs has there been over the last couple of days here? It's unbelievable. But put them under the microscope, and it's got to be done correctly. And the right. horse has got to be done correctly. So they got to ride better, and they got to prepare these horses to be perfect. Yeah. And it slows down their training program. They have more of a process to how they go about the not only showing the horse, but preparing the horse, training the horse, because they got to do it mentally and physically. And they got to perform all the maneuvers, right? So uh, it's, I think it's building better horses and better horsemen. What does it do for you as a business owner in the Western industry when you sit here this weekend and you can, you can see every year the team roping IQ is increasing? Like when a horse cuts the corner on the hillside, people notice that. They yeah. know that that's not good. By comparison, when a horse does something that you see as being amazing, across the room, everybody celebrates it. It's like all of a sudden the, the wave of team roping IQ is going up. Does that transition also to what you do as far as selling horse boots, selling ropes, selling equipment, selling tack? Is it better for the industry when everything goes better? You know, uh, it's, it's better for the industry to have better horses, you know, period. So uh, the, the horses that are going to come out of this deal, are, are, they're going to they're gonna go into uh, more of a recreational program. The majority of them are. You know, right. a handful are going to go on to compete at the open level with some of these guys, but the majority of them are going to be seen at a World Series or a USTRC right. event somewhere, but they're going to be prepared and ready to handle that. Uh, but what, what I see is an opportunity uh, as it relates to the horse industry and the sport of team roping is now there's another dimension. There's another level of, of uh, opportunity for ropers right. and for horses. So the... You know, the, the jackpot ropers are going to have what they have, and they're going to, uh, you know, benefit by a bigger pool of horses to pull from to bring into right. their circle and what they want to go and do. But with this fraternity uh, program, you know, it's, it's, a very, it's, it's another horse show event, but it has the team roping element uh, added to it at a, a pretty high level. Do you see? So I see new people coming in to participate right, that's where I was going with it. into just being fraternity riders only. Yeah. So from a business perspective, and I've asked some other people this too, if you're an 18 year old kid, you're walking down the road, you remember in the cartoons, you have your stick with like the hanky on the end of it with all your belongings <laughs> in it. And you're looking to get into the team roping industry from, a, you've got a, an added benefit of from a business perspective also, but where do you tell a young guy to start? To start with uh, If he wants to be a horse trainer, and get in the team roping industry, where does he go? Well, there's a number of people that are involved in this now that you can go and mentor from. Uh, you know, I think that there's a, a lot of great trainers today. 
and I think you can learn something from every single one of them. Um, I think that you can, uh, if you want to be a horse trainer, then you need to go and spend some time with them and honestly just donate your time. Have you ever seen the movie Fight Club? I have not. So there's a scene in it where this guy shows up. This, there's this fight club, and they're all doing it in their basement. It's not a great. I'm not. I'm not recommending the movie at all. But a guy shows up, and he goes, "I'm here for Fight Club." And they go, "You're in the wrong spot," and he won't leave. He's he's out on the porch, and he's there for three days. He's sleeping on the porch, and they're like, "You're in the wrong spot." Leaving, he goes, "No, I know I'm in the right spot. I'm not leaving." And finally, after the third day, they're like, "Uh, all right, come on in." And I almost wonder if a guy had some of that of like, if you show up and go, "I want to learn this business. You don't have to pay me. I just can't starve, but I'm here." You know, I I don't know very many people that wouldn't make that work for a guy. No, I don't either. I don't either. In fact, and, and it, uh, I don't know of any people that would really turn that guy away either. Yeah. You know, it's a pretty giving and sharing community. Sure. But well, there's job security for a guy that knows how to clean stalls. That's exactly right. Yeah. You know, warm up horses, watch what they do, help clean some stalls, push up steers, whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, Ken, thanks for stopping by. When you guys get to Arizona, Miss Billy has already said, no, 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 no. I'm not doing it. Okay, maybe. But no, no, no. And the maybe I'm sticking with. Um, if you guys are coming through on your way to Vegas, if you're ever out there, I'd love to get you in here and have more of an in-depth conversation. I don't think it'd be a lot of fun. Never, yeah. never land. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Man, I appreciate it. Thank you. You bet.